You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119 and verse number 65. The Bible says, Thou hast dealt well with my servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Amen. You may be seated, and we'll get right into the message. I did want to say it's so good to see the um, all, all Scots. Am I saying that right? We are so glad to have you folks back with us. And uh, Brother uh, Wade, you got a friend with you tonight. We're so honored to have you. And I'm uh, just looking around. It's just good to be in church. And uh, we had such a good service this morning. And uh, it was such a blessing to see uh, those brothers, uh, Eugene and Josiah, get baptized. And uh, I hope we never take for granted what God has done and what God is doing in our church. And uh, for those of you adults uh, that uh, you're not a part of the teen ministry, of course, or maybe you're not a part of a Sunday school or junior church or bus ministry, I want to remind you that what goes on in here this is just a part of what is going on on this property on Sundays. It is amazing what God is doing. And then there's something else going on Monday through Friday. There's Victory Christian Academy, and that's an amazing ministry, and God's been so good. And then uh, Saturdays, you say, what, what's Saturday? Is that a day off? No, I think Saturdays are busier than about any other day except for Sunday. Uh, but Saturday is getting ready for Sunday and bus visitation and soul winning and activities and events and uh, God has been so good to our church and uh, my wife and I and I know I speak for our staff and their wives but we are so thankful uh, for each of you you are a blessing to us and uh, we certainly appreciate you I got a note today with a bag of chips and some candy and the note said I know who it's from it just said we appreciate you and not just in October we appreciate you all the time so that's good to know and uh, we appreciate you, and not just uh, once in a while, but we appreciate you all the time. Psalm 119, verse number 68. I, I've got I've to read this verse again in case I don't get to it tonight, because this verse will give you something to shout about this week. It says, Thou art good. That is an attribute, that is a characteristic, that is a quality of God, that God is good. And David said, I want to make it clear. It's amazing because he talks a lot about affliction in this passage, talks a lot about problems, a lot about burdens, but he says, I want to make it very clear that God is good, and not only is he good, but he does good. You know, David's saying, I'm not just basing it upon the fact that I read it in the Bible that God is good, although that ought to be enough, but David says, let me tell you from experience, God has done good things in my life. Thou art good and doest good, David says. Notice with me, if you would, verse number 65. Thou hast dealt well 
with thy servant. Lord, we love you and we're thankful for what you've already done in this service. I pray you'd speak to us in these few moments as we look at your word. And Lord, I have so much I'd like to say tonight. I'm sure I won't even get to half of it. But I pray that you'd help me to say exactly what needs to be said, exactly what needs to be heard. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd even speak to the hearts of people about things I don't even say, but that you want them to know and you want them to take home with them. I pray that you would do a work, not because of me, but in spite of me. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that your power uh, would uh, be moving um, in the midst of us and convicting and pointing out things and reminding us of things that we need to know. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice number one in this portion of Psalm 119, I want you to notice David's testimony. He says in verse 65, thou hast dealt well with thy servant. Now, did you know that there are some people, now don't, don't point, please don't poke with your elbow, especially if they're sitting right next to you. Uh, don't, you know, um, you know, get out and text them and say, that's exactly what you, that's who you are. But did you know there are some people that you don't even like to deal with, period. There are some people you'd rather not even have to deal with, maybe because they drive you crazy. Uh, maybe it's because they're rude, or maybe it's because they're sarcastic, or maybe it's because uh, they're hurtful, whatever the case. But there are some people you say, I don't even want to deal with that person. Well, guess what? The very people that put Jesus on the cross because of our sin, those are the ones, that is us, who God has not only dealt with, but he has dealt well with us. God could have said, I don't even want to mess with those people. God could have said, I don't even have time to deal with those people. Those people, they have got a lot of problems. Now, I'm sure that's not anybody in here. We don't have a lot of problems, do we? Oh, you better believe we do. We've got problems. We've got burdens. We've got issues. We've got difficulties that we face all the time. And God says, I'm not only going to deal with you. I'm not only going to help you. But I'm going to deal well with you. David said, boy, God has been good to me. God has dealt well with me. I didn't deserve for him to deal well with me. But yet he took the time. He took the time to deal with me. Maybe you've got some things at home some projects that you don't want to deal with. And therefore, that project is still sitting after days or weeks or months or years, and you just don't want to deal with it. Can I tell you, God has seen our needs, He has seen our burdens, and He says, not only am I going to deal with these people, but I'm going to deal well. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to be good to them. And David's testimony is, Lord, you have been good to me. Thou hast dealt well with, notice the next two words, thy servant. You know, sometimes when we stop being a servant and we stop serving God, we start to think that we deserve better. We start to look at what everybody else gets and what everybody else is doing. And can I tell you, you don't know what everybody else is going through. And I don't know what everybody else is going through. And it may appear like somebody's got it all together, but if you knew what they were going through, you might realize that you've actually got it a whole lot better than you realize. But David said, thou hast dealt well with thy servant. David said, I'm just a servant. God, I'm not the master. I'm not the one in charge. I'm not calling the shots. God, I am your servant, and I want to say thank you because you have dealt well 
well with me according unto thy word. Aren't you glad that God always keeps his word? He always does exactly what he says he will do. Secondly, I want you to see in verse 66, not only David's testimony, but we see David's desire for teaching. He says in verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. He said, God, I have trusted that what you have said, that that's what I need to do and that's how I need to live my life. But he said, Lord, I know your commandments and I've really, I've studied them. I've tried to commit them to my heart and my life. But he said, Lord, I need you to teach me. Notice what he says, teach me good judgment and knowledge. David is seeking after the instruction of the great teacher, God, who teaches us and who instructs us. Did you know sometimes we do not use good judgment? Sometimes we are lacking in that category. And it's because we have not asked the Lord to teach us and to instruct us in the area of good judgment. Sometimes we make rash decisions. Sometimes we overreact to situations. Sometimes we just get in such a hurry that we don't even know the facts. We just react according to our emotions. Can I tell you, emotional decisions are usually not good decisions. Emotional decisions can get us in trouble. That's not good judgment. Well, I was just so mad that I had to give that person a piece of my mind. Well, friend, I've said it before, but we don't have a lot of extra to be given away, okay? So go ahead and keep what you got. But sometimes we react, and it's emotional, and it's, it, it, it's harsh. And we allow our emotions to govern our actions, and we live by feeling rather than living by faith. Now, you watch out this week, because there will be times where you will feel like doing something that God's Word says you shouldn't do. And if you allow your feelings to control you, you will get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. I think a classic example is the story of Esau and Jacob. And remember Esau? He was uh, uh, just uh, so, uh, so much in a hurry and he just uh, he had to have what he wanted right now that he sold or traded, I should say, his birthright for a bowl of soup. Now, I'll tell you, I've had some good soup in my day, but I've never had a bowl of soup that was worth giving away everything I had for the future for a bowl of soup. But that's what the devil's offering. He's offering you a bowl of soup. That's all it is. A bowl of soup for right now to satisfy your desire right now. And what you're doing is you are forfeiting. You're giving up the blessings that God has in store for you in your life because of a lack of good judgment. Now, I want you to think about this. I had never, I had never made this connection before. But David, of course, was a man after God's own heart. David had a son who's, uh, who became the king. And what was his son's name? His son's name was Solomon. And Solomon, we know Solomon as the wisest man that ever lived. He was also the richest man that ever lived. But how did all that come about? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 3 that the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. 
And he said, Solomon, whatever you ask for, I will grant it. I will give you whatever you want. And do you remember what Solomon's request was? He said, Lord, I need wisdom. I need understanding so that I can judge this, thy so great a people. You know what Solomon's prayer was? He said, Lord, I need some of that good judgment that my daddy wanted. Lord, my prayer request is I want some wisdom and understanding like my daddy prayed for. That's the same thing that I am asking you for. Now, I had this thought this week, and this thought blew my mind. But what if our children's prayer life goes to the level of our prayer life? How much of a prayer life are they going to have? What if our children pattern their prayers and their wishes and their desires after what they saw in dad and mom, in their parents? I tell you, I know David, we'll talk about this later on in this passage, but David had some problems. No, 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 no doubt about it, but David got something right. He said, Lord, I need your good judgment. I need your knowledge and I need you to teach me. And that was passed down to his son Solomon. Number one, we see the testimony of David. The Lord has been good. He said, God, I desire your teaching. But then number three, I want you to see in verse 67, David begins to talk about his trials. He begins to talk about being afflicted. And he says in verse number 71 again that he had been afflicted. Now, an affliction is an oppression. It is a, a, a state of being humbled. It is to be hurt. It literally has the idea that you have been dealt harshly or severely with. And David said, verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now, hang on. That word astray, it has the idea to, to get off track or to err or to commit some kind of a sin and to, to get away from God. And David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now, now think about the timing of this. David didn't say, I got afflicted and I got a burden and I got a trial and I had some, some hard times and then I went away from you. David said, while things were going good, while things were smooth, while there wasn't any problems, and while things were easy, David said, that is when I went astray. Can I tell you, I've seen that so many times, I cannot even count. You know when I see people coming back to church, it's not when the job is good, it's not when the bank account is overflowing, it's not when the health is good. It's when the trials come and people realize, I need God. Well, may I remind us tonight, we need God in the good times and in the bad times. But thank God for some bad times that remind us that we need to get back to God. I'll say this. Be very careful if you're not going through trials and if you're not going through any difficulty right now. It could be that the smooth sailing and it could be that the the sunny skies may be the very thing that gets you away from god because you think you don't need him well friend we need him i like that song i need thee every hour 
Lord, I need you when the, the sea of life is calm. Oh, Lord, I need you when the wind is blowing strong. Lord, I need you. And David said that he went astray, verse number 67, but that was before he was afflicted. But look at verse 67, the middle of the verse, but now, David said, after the affliction, after the trial, he said, I have kept thy word. It's interesting that that word affliction, it can be a burden, but it can also have the idea of a, a, an act of being humble. You know what I think for David, I think was something that caused him to, uh, to, go, astray, to go astray was that sin with Bathsheba. Remember that? It was when the time when kings were supposed to be off to battle and he didn't go off to battle. He was just enjoying the good life of being a king and no problems, everything was great. Well, he sinned, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He had her husband murdered. He tried to cover it all up. And you say, well, that was the thing that got David right. Oh, no, it wasn't. What got David right is there was a prophet by the name of Nathan. And God sent that prophet, Nathan, to David. He said, you've got to tell David that what he has done is not right. And Nathan got in David's face and he said, thou art the man and the thing that you have done. You have sinned against God. And I tell you, we don't like that. We bristle. People get mad. People get upset. I've, I've, seen, I've seen people do some very crazy things just because they didn't want somebody telling them that what they did was wrong. But I got news for you. That may be the best thing for you is for somebody to tell you the truth. For somebody to look you in the eyes and praise God if you've got a spouse that will do that or if you've got a friend that will do that or if you've got a, a, a good Christian a, 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 a prayer warrior or somebody that will keep you accountable and they will look at you and say, hey, you can't do that. That's not right. What you've done, that's not right. You need to get back to God. And can I tell you, I think that was the thing that woke David up. I think that was the thing that caused him to write Psalm 51 where he said, hey, Lord, I have gone very far astray. Lord, now I ask you to create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, wash me and I shall be clean. I believe that was the event that caused David to turn back to God. You see, David may have never gotten right with God had it not been for God's judgment and God's chastening. Now, if you have a child, you know how that works. When a child disobeys, that child is punished. That child is disciplined. You don't discipline the child because you hate them. You discipline the child because you love them. And that discipline may be the very thing that gets their attention and says, you know what? I don't want to keep doing that. I don't want to keep going down that road. I want to do what's right. And our loving Heavenly Father will discipline us. He will chasten us. He will judge us, not because He hates us, but He'll do it because He loves us and He doesn't want to see us go astray. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now, David says, have I kept thy word? I see number four, there was a turning. But now, David said, wait a second, I got astray. 
I was off course. I was off track. But then the affliction came, the trial came, uh, the hardship came, uh, the, the preacher got in my face, that came. And David said, I don't want to keep going that way. But now David wants to see something change in his life. Can I tell you, it is my goal to follow the word of God so that I don't stray and so that I don't have to experience the chasing of God. But if I do stray, if I do get away from God, it is my prayer that God will do something to get my attention. I don't wish any harm. I don't wish any ill. I don't wish any sickness. I don't wish any accident on myself or, or my family or, or you or your family. I don't wish that. But if that's what it takes for God to get our attention, it'd be better for that to happen than for us to continue on a course away from God, where the judgments get worse and worse and more and more severe the further you get away. David had a turning point. He said, but now, after the affliction, he said, now, he said, I'm going to keep your word. Charles Spurgeon said this, the promises of God shine the brightest in the furnace of affliction. Aren't you thankful? For the goodness of God. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? Aren't you thankful for the fact that God loves us enough and he cares enough about us to do what he has to do to get our attention? Notice with me, if you would, verse number 68. Again, David says, thou art good. This is after affliction. This is after a hardship. This is after a burden, a trial. David says, but Lord, thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. David is saying, Lord, please teach me. David makes it very clear that God is good no matter what. God is good even when we go astray. God is still good. Even when we are afflicted, God is still good. Even when everything is going good, God is still good. And David says, thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy word. David recognized his need for the Bible, not just to have it, not just to hold it, not just to touch it, not just to feel it, but to understand it and to put it into practice. That, that's what it means when David says, teach me thy word. One of my goals and one of my desires for our church in 2022 is I want us to get in the Bible more than we've ever been in the Bible. And I know for some of our church members, you say, Pastor, I've heard the Bible preached for longer than you've been alive. And that's true for some of you. But you know what I find? The longer I'm saved and the longer I live, I need to be reminded of it. The longer I live and the more preaching I hear, the more I'll hear things and I'll say, boy, I forgot about that. Boy, I need that. I, this past week, I listened to several uh, messages, whether in person or uh, just uh, on my phone. And I'm telling you, every message I heard this week, I was thinking, boy, that was good. I needed that. And what we need is the Bible. We need the Word of God, and we need God to teach us His Word. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.